I said it's the Mabel. I said, oh, sorry, we started the podcast. <laughs> Easy mistake to make it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we're back the next day, feeling Easy. fresh as a fiddle in our handcast. Levels are right. I can go up a wee bit, I think. One, two. I don't even know what that does. Uh, one, two. One, two. <laughs> the best thing I heard recently about that guy saying, like, he gets out on stage and he's like, sorry, is there any Michaels in the crowd? Can you stand up? And, like, three people stood up and he's like, and that concludes the mic check. <laughs> Very nice. Top quality humor. <laughs> I would appreciate that. I would appreciate the guys doing that joke every 10 minutes. I don't know. <laughs> Do that joke again. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. I liked it. <laughs> Another. Yeah, so we're back. It's the next day for us. I don't know what the crackers will use. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful day outside. And oh, she's mad. We are feeling, well, I'm feeling fresh as a fiddle. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Oh, and it's just getting waves of weakness. <laughs> getting we, uh, yeah, I don't know. Fatigue. Just like, mm. But I'm all right. Yeah, we got I'm having a beer, sorry myself out. Yeah, clear the head. Right. <laughs> sure, it's good. Sun's out. Sun's out. Can's out. Sun's out. Is that the <laughs> the phrase? I think it is in Ireland anyway, but it's kind of like raining. Can's out. Oh, well, everything's shit. Better have a drink. Everything's great. Better have, have a, a drink. drink. Everything's okay. You might as well go for a pint. <laughs> <laughs> pint. Mm. Just have a pint. If you're listening right now. <laughs> do it <laughs> have a bite just fucking have a bite <laughs> just think um, just think about that creamy head on the Guinness just as <laughs> mm, the, the the attack of the whiskey as it mm, slams into the, the back of your throat the violent plop yeah <laughs> and who's wondering that's from a John B. Keen video on drink that you should definitely watch because it's I think we might have told I think we said before. this Yeah <laughs> I so And too. I heard it from a Blind Boy podcast <laughs> so It's like a, Just Just listen to it again <laughs> just Even if you have seen it before You'll definitely enjoy it another time It's very good Jeez how weird Volume way up for some reason mm. <clears throat> Where were we? Oh yeah We left with a question Oh yeah What if we do choose to exist? And that made me feel really happy when yeah. I woke up on your couch this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were we went for a walk earlier and we were talking about it and it's like, yeah, it's just like a nice uh, positive Outlook. idea to entertain. Because it's you, you you so easily accept that like it was uh you just, you know, well, no one chose to be here. Like that's just the common consensus with sort of everyone, like you just yeah. sort of happen and it's just a nice way to put it. And it's as even a toss, if you ask me. So Yeah, yeah like if we can enter I was saying if we can entertain the idea of life after death, then why not life before birth? Mm. But also like what you said about the idea of eternal life and how a part of your eternal life is also the life that you're living right now. Yeah. Because if you do live eternally, either before or after, well then isn't this a part of it? Mm. 
What are your thoughts? Send in questions. Send in answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> send in answers. If you have the answers, that would be... <laughs> that would really we want a out. solid answer. This isn't, this isn't like a philosophical question. I need to know. Yeah, I, yeah, I would like the facts of whether or not there is life after death and <laughs> whether or not we choose. <laughs> but no, it's very nice way to put it. I think it just made me feel happier because it's just more of a positive outlook. The idea that maybe you did choose and maybe other yeah. people didn't choose. And it's just something also never would have thought about before. Yeah. Mm. It just, yeah, it's like, it just does something whenever you, like, whenever, if you think about it and properly think about it, like something, I don't know, it just does something to your brain or it's like, what? Yeah, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> what's happened? It's like, what is this new, yeah. new way to think? But I just can't understand how I never, like, thought about it before in the sense that one of the easiest way to, like, look at things is usually to just go also the opposite way yeah. you know like it's a very like 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 it's not exactly a, a leap of thought to be like oh what if we did choose compared to what if we didn't it's just but it still never it just never occurred to me it yeah never, it never like popped into my head never i think it's just because the opposite just feels so like it just doesn't feel like you can challenge it or something mm. it's like but it's also probably just so socially accepted it's like yeah. sure everyone knows that sure yeah, like you like know it just kind of accepted as a fact mm is strange yeah why is it fact mm. we need your answers <laughs> <laughs> but no I quite like the question I quite like the walk discussing that too it was very like intriguing shall I say <laughs> I was just reminded there of uh, I was watching a video just about like uh, Werner Herzog and this idea came up that he talks about the, the ecstasy of truth mm. and it's like this feeling of it's kind of that feeling that when something is true, it's like you get this react. There's this reaction in you, like, and yeah, I just love that phrase, the ecstasy of truth, because mm. it's definitely something I've experienced, like, uh, or just been kind of more aware of recently, of um, like how we just follow that inherent thing that we have of. I know I this is true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like whenever you it's like if you hear a piece of information, you can tell there's like some part of you that goes like, Yeah, that that's true. Like you know, like or like a philosophical thing, it's like you can re- react to it and be like there's like an internal barometer or whatever that in you that goes like, Yeah, that's true. Mm. And I think like I find like the more you're aware of that and the more you follow that you kind of become more aware of it too in a way, like and what? then you can start noticing whenever it's absent and when you're being like dishonest with yourself and stuff like that. Yeah, and what your kind of true self is, or that kind of yeah. Like if you're if you're aware of like what the can you hear that? So helicopter out for a nice summer fly. I think that's the Chinese dropping TikTok on us. <laughs> TikTok infected with Corona. <laughs> corona. Cor- Sorry, we're getting off topic. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, if you like, um, like it's a really good, like that feeling that you have of something being real and truthful and you consciously try and follow that and like you get out and then you can start realizing because sometimes you'll lie to yourself and you won't even be conscious of it. But mm. if you're making an effort to follow that feeling of true, then you kind of notice when that's missing then too. Yeah. And you're like, oh, th- this isn't actually right. I'm, I'm like pushing down that truth or um, covering up or something. It's getting like, you know, like if you're, 
depressed, but you keep telling yourself you're happy or you're not depressed, you can tell that, you know, you do feel that that's not true. Yeah, it's kind of like what we're talking about. It's like that, what we talked about last night. It's like whenever you admit that there's a problem, it's like, and that's true and there's like a weight off and yeah, it's like a it's real, yeah. The devil you know is easier to, f- like the, the better than the devil you don't. It's yeah. like you do feel better, even though you're still depressed, You, it's the first step forward, I suppose. So you do feel a lot better. Um, you said about the truth, and, and we went on to about like depression. And oh, you're you know talking about devil, you know. And the yeah. devil, yeah. And that yeah. weight being lifted. Yeah. But I just loved his that phrase, ecstasy of truth, mm. for that feeling. And I was like, yeah, that's... I can recognize that feeling, sort of, yeah. Yeah. Because you do he, lie to yourself. Like, you, like everyone does, yeah. it, like, lie to yourself. But it's not even to yourself, just in general. Like, there's, like, I don't know, like, if you're watching... Sometimes I'm watching a video and someone says something and I'm just like, oh, that fucking... Like, I don't even need... I almost don't need like it to be backed up because as soon as I hear it, I'm like, that's fucking... You're right. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? And if you follow that feeling, I think it it rewards you. I think it, I suppose it's kind of like... It might be similar to Joseph Campbell's idea of following your bliss. Of like, just when you work out what you're... That thing that you find rewarding and then like instead of ignoring that to actually follow it and go for it yeah and you just gonna be guided by that sort yeah. of but the interesting thing with Werner Herzog is too it's like in his documentaries he sometimes fabricates things hmm. but it's because he's trying to get across the emotion of truth as well as the the truth itself yeah trying to get across like, he wants you to experience that feeling while you're watching it, not just learn about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like there was. But an then you get a deeper understanding, I suppose. That yeah. Way. There's like an example in the video, or there's, or in the video I watched of one of his documentaries, and there's a story about there being people uh, under the ice, or people go out and crawl on top of the ice in these lakes in Russia, and they look under because there's like gods under the ice or something. Mm. And that story is all made up, but he did actually have footage of a drunk guy lying face down in the ice. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like it's truth, but it's like adding this extra element of like, because he wa- he's trying to um, convey some emotional thing. Yeah, as well yeah. as some kind of factual thing. He's trying to yeah. display the emotion as well. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Um, did you see on YouTube that crossover event? The one excellent scene. Was that the one with the all the different people in the manic universe? They did one last year, uh, one marvelous scene. Oh, that was it, yeah. Yeah. So well. this one, uh, like they did it again, and it was uh, their favorite X Men scene. No, no, I didn't. But see it that. could have been from like, not. It didn't have to just be the movies. It could have been like the comics, okay. and even like just like they were like because there's so many different um, iterations. And kind yeah, because e- like even in the movies, there's so many different timelines and all. They, they were just like, I'll oh, just do whatever you want. Hmm. Yeah, it's cool. There's like. I watched a good few, but there's. Uh, I think it's a way bigger than the one marvelous scene one from last year. But it's really good if you're. Must just give that. I must give that a watch because, like, like if you ever go back and watch that uh, '90s animated TV series that has the unreal theme song, of course. <laughs> but like, if you watch it, like you think like this is a kid show stuff. But a lot of those stories are pretty good because like X Men, like particularly in the '90s, like at one point they like cancelled like all the X Men books and restarted them because it was like yeah. fucking just too many. And so what a lot of people loved about the um, 
I mean, series was, was it just was like a condensed version of the stories, and a lot yeah. of them cut out an awful lot of the fillers. Obviously, stuff was changed. It was like maybe not as many deaths, but also like Beast goes around the whole time, and he's quoting like Shakespeare and all oh, yeah. these poets and stuff because he's supposed to be a learning character, and it's like proper like literature coming through. And yeah. It's like this is in a kid show and stuff like that, and then you have. Stuff like in the very first episode, I suppose, like Morph, they think he dies and Wolverine deals with that very badly and he like gets all, that's why he's angry enough a lot of the time because he left one of his teammates behind and then yeah. he comes back and it's like, still pretty interesting kind of complicated themes for like what should be a kid show. Like. Yeah. That's why I really liked it. Pat- and Patrick H. Willem's video was on a comic book from the 90s, I think. I can't remember now. It was very good cause, but he, he went into a lot of that history of like them like the different reboots it had and everything and like all the different timelines and everything. So it was really interesting. Mm. Yeah, because I got it just a wee bit. Like it kind of is happening with X-Men again. It always kind of happens and then I do a spin-off yeah. book and then I do a spin-off book and then it gets so convoluted. They're almost like their own section in the Marvel Universe that doesn't really almost interact as much with the other side because there's so much going on over yeah, there. Like it's only the massive events that like... Yeah. And then you get people... It's mainly just like Wolverine or whatever might interact with... Yeah, because like was he Wolverine and Avengers at one point. Yeah, he yeah. was. And then there was a whole like Avengers versus X Men big crossover series, which I actually read it and all of the tie-ins. It was only like six issues long, and all with all the tie-ins, it was like fifty issues. It was just like an event really to show them all fighting. But the whole thing about that was is that he ended up siding with the Avengers at the end. But that's because they were kind of right, and then he's going against the X Men, and it's like oh. Okay. But um, I was gonna say I re- seen a good thing recently, and it was this um. Was somebody's like somebody wrote down something like that their granny said and it was about comics and it was about people are kind of complaining about like sometimes like one of the most recent Green Lanterns is like female and Muslim and then uh, we call it, there's also like Miss Marvel is Muslim and kind of, there's a lot of stuff like that there going on of like you know there's a lot more d- the diverse characters saying comics yeah, and yeah. stuff but there's still obviously the classic old like kind of uh, white American guy whatever gets annoyed about it and like this old uh, this person put up like what their grandmother said and it was all about how like if you don't understand comics or like kind of geek culture it's like if you read the original X-Men that was um, uh, an allegory for the civil rights movement and yeah. homosexuals Captain America was usually for the civil rights movement and at some point in like the 70s or the 80s he became Nomad the super soldier without a country because he became so disillusioned with the Ameri- disillusioned with the American government he didn't want to be a part of the American government anymore Star Wars the Empire are Nazis that's a very on the nose yeah. like comparison it was all about like all these people complaining and saying if you didn't if you think that that's all wrong now and the fact that these people are looking for civil rights and all that then you never understood comic books in the first place you never understood you don't understand art yeah <laughs> Star- like one of the main ones was Star Trek and it was like in Star Trek their entire main thing that they make a major point of is that they are not a military they are an exploration vessel yeah it's like a it's basically a utopian yeah. future society where everyone's like equal and everything's class yeah and like they just go and it's just kind of weird adventures but they aren't going to conquer yeah they are going to just explore but actually one of the main things was that actually happened was Gene Roddenberry in the very first, um, in the pilot episode of Star Trek, it's not even uh, William Shatner, it's James C. Kirk, it's a different okay. like, kind of crew. And they actually do eventually come back in in the first season. But what's interesting is the second in command is number two, is a woman, and she she does like kind of call him out and argue with him. Like it isn't like, she isn't like a stand-in kind of, you know, no damsel in distress, or like she, even though she's like, say, second in command, she doesn't just listen to everything the man says. 
and that screen tested really well with men in 1967, but it screen tested right. poorly with women in okay. 1967 because they thought that because uh, of just essentially the times, the way what was it done in the screen test? They said that um, they don't think a woman would back talk to a man so much, right. <laughs> and that's kind of. And then that woman actually ends up becoming Gene Roddenberry, the creator's wife. Okay. <laughs> but that's why he wrote it because that's the whole point because that also was very famous because then it was Uhura she was the uh, communications lieutenant yeah. and she was a black woman yeah. she's on the crew too the main the pilot was Asian like the whole multicultural crew and Gene Roddenberry did that on purpose of course because that was to show that in the future we're all the first and we all work together yeah. there's a Russian guy there's an American guy there's an Asian Even guy a pointy eared guy yeah <laughs> who was played by a Jewish character and was meant to represent the Jewish people. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah, kind of why. Sort of like a way to kind of throw it in there. But he made a point of also making sure that the guy to play him was Jewish. Okay, fair enough. Mm. Cool. Getting interesting that way. Yeah. There's a lot of racism in sci-fi and then there's also stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's more the racism in like the 30s. <laughs> in the good old days. <laughs> You went on a whole philosophical rant, and I just went uh, sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like that sci-fi and philosophy is pretty linked, inter- intertwined. Yeah. Mm. Um, see if any anything else here I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, I was watching that um Werner Herzog video was uh, by a channel. I ended up watching a lot of their stuff over the last like couple weeks. Mm. It's called uh, like stories of old, and it's kind of it kind of is like philosophy and like pop culture, I suppose, like intertwined. Where it's like he's done videos on um, stoicism in um, he did two videos on stoicism in movies. One, the first one was uh, Shawshank Redemption, mm. and the second one. Little more obviously was Gladiator, <laughs> <laughs> which has Marcus really really isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, but uh, it's like the, but it's good the way the order did them into because the Shawshank one is kind of more general, like stoicism as like uh, a sort of resilience, I guess. Whenever you're like in a position like that, and like and then um, the Gladiator one is a bit more specific, but they're st- both really good. And then there's one on afterlife as a cure for nihilism and stuff like that really really good it's like a good way to it's a good way to explore philosophy and stuff because it's like stuff that you're familiar with that then you can relate it to and yeah. if you were to watch it again you can kind of pick up on these things that go with it yeah it's very good um there's a reason i brought that up oh yeah there's this idea in one of his videos of um he did like stuff on uh what's his name R- richard linklater Oh yeah, and like um, it was to do with the title. It's something about the psychology or the emotionally immature man or something like that. But it's basically about in a lot of his movies, there's like a sort of there's like an adult male character who hasn't quite grown up yet. Yeah. So there was, I think it was Matthew McConaughey's character was one of them in um, Days and Confused. Days and Confused. This guy was thinking, yeah, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> hey. All right, all right. Just <laughs> remember, it's always sunny. And then Boyhood, like his dad, um, Ethan Hawke's character is kind of like that. He doesn't grow up mm. properly or he doesn't like take on responsibility. But there's comparison th- to this thing that I, of like the, you go from boy to hero to man. So there's this in-between period 
called the hero. So it's when you're leaving boyhood, you go into the hero phase, and that's when you rebel against the authority of your youth, and you kind of, um, you know, you just um, you rebel against everything, and it's like the transitional period to manhood. And the problem is, people can get stuck in that hero phase because it's quite like romantic and stuff, and it's like. Yeah. Me versus the world. I'm yeah, gonna, um, and you can, I'm gonna take on yeah, everything. You just kind like of like stay quite like hedonistic and stuff, and you just like drink and you know it's like yeah. And there's like another element was like the shadow hero, which is like the guy who rebels and like becomes destructive and stuff. But I was like watching, I was like, oh, that's really fucking interesting because I, I was like, because I feel like I've I've kind of been in that hero phase probably for a, <laughs> a slightly <laughs> long period of time, and <laughs> still just like, although like. I think it spoke to me because I've been noticing there's been a change in me. I think I can feel like a think almost like, like entering a new phase or something. You feel like a growth, yeah, sort of like like a growth spurt, but sort of like emotionally or yeah. like mentally kind of. It's like where I'm ready to leave that part behind a bit more because hmm. it's like you're not you haven't quite left it yet, but you can see that it's you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, sort of. Yeah. You can see the end coming. But I think there, I think there is like a. Because I heard people talk as well about how the 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 way like our lives are structured has kind of shifted. It's like you know you hear people say it's like oh thirties is the new twenties and yeah. all that there. Like there is like an there has become like an extended childhood I think in our um, society. Mm. Almost. Well, I always heard that like until like the sixties maybe there was really no such thing as like uh, a teenager sort yeah, of yeah there's no such thing as teenager because it was you left school let's say 16 you got a job you got a wife you got a house you got kids and then it's like repeated but then when like 16 of course which is like free love and all that there too yeah i think part of it might have even been so a marketing like campaign as well to like sell stuff but I like think, i think that might have been part of it but yeah it's like teenager then became like your extended childhood mm. and now it's almost like 20s is like your extended teenage years yeah, yeah. In the 30s. But I think it, like I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's good to have that. Uh, I think it gives you more time to figure to yourself out, yeah. kind of thing, and what you like and what you don't like, and just kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Because you don't have to. Because you it would would it seemed to be like so it was such a thing that you had to do that like you know a rebel would have been anyone that wasn't married at like twenty five, which yeah. is <laughs> just like now that would be yeah. like Jesus Christ, you're married, married at twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Mm. Just hadn't heard it's it's. Hadn't heard that uh, that like analysis or whatever you, you want to use for it, the the hero phase. The, the hero it's to like, mm, it's interesting thought, and I would you say definitely that see people like I definitely lo- loads of people who are like have no intention yeah. <laughs> of leaving that hero phase. If you know, like I feel like as you get older, and then like there's certain points where you like you even there's even people you know that you're now more mature than yeah. or older than you. That well, that that's a weird thing because I was like. It's like I feel myself leaving that, but but I also know that I'm way more mature than a lot of people. So it's like there's a weird uh, dynamic. Kind dyna- of going yeah, it's a weird like balance of like I don't know. It's like want uh, I suppo- maybe you can hold it too. Maybe you can be mature, but still want to hold on to that part of your life. Mm. But it's also supposed to kind of finding the balance as well. Like I always I always find yeah. like a part of it is like you know you have to know almost as much as you have to know when to be mature and adults you have to know when to be like immature as well like yeah you know like i can i'll go to work and do my stuff and you know go get shopping and all that there stuff but i'll still lie in bed sundays and watch cartoons like yeah. <laughs> you know like which is 
but if I was doing that all of the time, that would be a bit bad. But that's all. But that's also like a bit of that's a self care, like yeah. in a way. Like, but you have to know the when to and when not to. Like, yeah, and when's doing it too much. There's like a thing. Um, Russell Brand talks about as well. It's like if you're not doing certain things at certain points of your life, then there's something wrong. Like, like I was talking to someone about this, and I I still can't remember the exact details, but he talks about like. You know, when you're in your forties, you're supposed to go through like a midlife crisis or whatever yeah. stuff like that. It's like there's you're supposed to be at these points, and if you're not, it means you're like not something's not like you're not developing properly or something. You're like holding on to something or whatever. Like so, you're supposed to go through these phases. It's it's normal <laughs> or yeah. whatever, basically. Like yeah, well, like because I I was reading an article recently. I think about it and was saying that like being kind of like depressed in your 20s or feeling a bit hopeless is possibly just a part of kind of growing up and it isn't that you'll may necessarily always feel that way now obviously there's a difference between like end up being clinically but there's also yeah. there's supposed to be a good part of your 20s that you will just feel down just because you are kind of in that trans- transitionary phase yeah and it's like you know what there is yeah definitely there is like uh, i remember seeing years ago like this essay on being 23 and how it's this p- horrible age of like you're so you're, you're like stuck in between and it's like but I think uh, I think that a lot of that those feelings can be said for a lot of your twenties too. It's just like this weird kind of yeah, like I should be further in my life, or I'm not far enough, or it's like, or I didn't do enough, or I, you know, like kind of you can, but yeah. it's like you're like everyone can usually feel like that at times, and usually it's usually it's not true, but you will compare yourself. Even like I always think like you know I try not to go on like Instagram or some stuff like that there, but sometimes you see somebody like in like sun holiday or like my brother in Australia, and I'm like, why am I not there? And it's like yeah. Well, because I was doing other stuff, like, yeah. you know, like, you know, it's like, you know, there's, you know, you, but you always imagine yourself as yeah. that they've done it better whenever, like, they, and it's not that they've done it better, and it's not that you've done it better, it's just that you've done it different. Yeah, that's where uh, the, like, Amor Fati from Stoicism comes in, I think, where it's like you actively love what has happened to you, like, you don't just accept the things you've been through, it's like you actively love it, mm. you, you say, like... And like it's it's something I, pr- I would practice anyway. It's like a, I've even written lyrics about it. I think I mentioned that before. Mm. About like, it's like when I have those feelings, it's like I remind myself. It's like well, everything you've done is like that you to. It's like you had to do all those things to be who you are. So yeah. You shouldn't feel like weird about it. You should be. It's like yeah, that was all part of you. Like the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. Like it has yeah. to make you who you are. And then if you also for some reason aren't really happy with who you are now, that just means that you're going through the process of those things to then them become <laughs> you got if you, you yeah. know what I mean that kind of way like that reminds me actually there was like um, I can't remember what I was saying to you but there the day before yesterday I was kind of like I was in like a a, a real funk I think yeah, I think you were saying that last night yeah, yeah. yeah. and I like it was kind of like the fa- the feeling I was in when I um, wrote those like lyrics and was like oh I might be depressed hmm. so I was in that kind of got into that phase again but I had, I had like um, because all this week kind of I was like trying to make myself like write lyrics and stuff, and then it was like, it just felt like so much effort. But then there was also this like uh, story idea that I'd been I started writing like must be two years ago now, mm. but it came back into my head, and but I realized it's like why am I trying to write lyrics or write a song when you've got this other thing that you need it's to like kind of get work out. on that instead. And then, uh, so on Thursday, I like went to start typing it up, and then the uh, the spell check wouldn't work on my <laughs> on my <laughs> fucking word processor, and it just became like this. I was just like, it was this hurdle that I could not get across. I was oh, was like, that the minor inconvenience? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
And I was like, oh, it just was like so frustrating. And I just gave up and then ended up going on a walk yeah. <laughs> with Kelly. <laughs> and I was like, For like 15 kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, great. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then that night I was just like, oh, so annoyed and stuff. And, um, like I, f- I follow a lot of like uh, the writing like subreddits and just usually I like flexing them, flexing them like while out at work and I just read stuff and some of the things like they do say is like you do need to always sometimes take like a step back yeah. and if you start writing something whether it be lyrics or whatever it's like if you start to not enjoy it then people are probably not going to enjoy like hearing it like you do need like to get podcasts. that oh no it's in podcasts it's reddit or reddit writing reddit sorry but they were saying that like how you need to take a step back and I just always thought one of the best advice is being like if you're not enjoying it then somebody probably won't enjoy uh, reading it like it's different like yeah. it's different say if you don't enjoy editing or like fixing up lines that's one thing but it was like well I read one good thing you were saying about in your initial first draft and if you're going through if you start to not like it take like a step back go back a paragraph yeah. or two, start again because they were like saying that like you know it's not about whenever you are editing and fixing it up but in your first draft if you like everything that you write you'll it's more likely that somebody else will because if yeah. you don't then like why would anyone yeah. else like <laughs> I was like that's very that's, that's pretty apt yeah, you definitely. Well, it's like that thing. Uh, write with fire, edit with ice. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good. Like it's a good, uh, good analogy. Right? Yeah, it's like have like have fun when you're writing, definitely, and then when it comes to editing, just be like, if that's not needed. Just take that out. Yeah, fucking be brutal and. Yeah, you have to like. Uh, they always say like some of the like some of the best stuff is on editing floor. I actually watched uh, an interview with Sam Witwer on this because we're a massive Star Wars nerd. It was on the Star Wars channel. He was the guy that played the uh, Garen Malak the Darth Vader's secret apprentice in the games and he also is the voice of Darth Maul in the Clone Wars and stuff but he was saying that like he finds it funny I know you're not really a Star Wars fan but it was interesting because he talked an awful lot about Don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but he talked an awful lot about like, <laughs> it's like he's not a Star Wars fan turn off the podcast don't worry guys I'm enough of a big one for both of us yeah. but, he, but he was it was interesting because he went into a lot more about like the filmmaking process and making it uh, a lot more than like uh, I was expecting which was very interesting because he's he's quite he's quite heavily involved in a lot of Star Wars stuff in the background too mm-hmm. now because of that and um he was saying that, like, you get all these, like, Star Wars guys, and they, like, he was like, okay, the final product that we put out, that's the original idea. And he says, sometimes they look at deleted scenes and say, that was the original idea. And it's like, that was better. And he's like, but what these people don't know how to do, and I'm sorry, he was like, they don't know how to make a film or a TV show. Like, they, they like the Star Wars comics or, like, all this. Yeah. But he's like, but we go back, and he's like, we, like, he was chatting about this scene I'd never heard of before, and it was to do with, like, Darth Maul and everyone can open one things. It sounded great, and he was like, he was like, it was a great scene. It was all recorded, like it was great, like it was class, like, but it just would have not fit in the story whatsoever. It would have been like, you know, it was cool to watch, it was cool to listen to, yeah. all, but it just was not. And he was like, that's what he's saying. He's like, you don't. He was like, you don't understand what is left on the floor. Like, there's so many good things on that floor. Like, you could make, you know, hours upon hours of TV shows and movies out of it, but you have to, as you say, edit with yeah, ice. You it, have it's to. Also, cut it out. Like, like when 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 you're writing too, like I even notice. Like I'm not a amazing, or I I haven't done anything spectacular, but I do notice that when I'm thinking along that, you start being like, oh, this, like you start understanding that why you're the reason you're writing something. It's like this has significance in the overall, like even when it's still forming in your head. Hmm. So you can't just put in a scene where like Darth Vader kills everyone because hmm. you're trying to tell a story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's not just a series of cool things. Yeah. You're like your development character arcs, you're doing like, all that. Yeah, and yeah. just just like, oh, let's throw this in here. And it's like, things okay. have, think you're putting stuff in because it has meaning. Mm. And that's why you get satisfied when you watch it because you're, you travel along these arcs with the characters. And that's why you 
that's why you have a shit time when that doesn't happen because you're just like that's why you get upset whenever you're like oh no it happened in that movie or something because yeah it's like it was char- your character you're following might have just stayed the same yeah and that's what makes it boring and you could watch like you could watch like that's why action movies aren't just an action scene for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the whole point of John Wick, even, he loses his dog and he gets to steal his car and he's like a badass assassin and yeah. they didn't know. And actually, it, but it's, I actually it's, watched a really good um, analysis of a John Wick scene. It was like, uh, oh, it was uh, how whenever um, they're talking with the boogeyman and it's like, how it's like an inversion of the usual, usually that scene happens whenever the heroes are talking about a villain. Yeah. It's like, uh, for example, in um, Endgame, when Bruce Banner is talking to Doctor Strange and he's like, I've seen what Thanos can do and all this here. Yeah. It's like that scene is exactly the same as when they're talking, when the bad guys are talking about John Wick. Yeah, <laughs> true enough, he had yeah. to flip. Usually they yeah, build up the like, bad guy. Like, like, you don't understand, this guy's going to kill everyone and all yeah. this here. And it's like, yeah. But even in John Wick, they give him a puppy at the start so that you can go, oh, he's a good boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so instead of you... Because if that was the only scene you got of them being like, he's a murderer and he's going to kill everyone, you'd be like, so he's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. But you've already set up these things. like That he's like that, he's retired now and that he like fell yeah. in love and then his wife died and he, she gave him a puppy. And he, like, never, he never, like, he doesn't go after anyone until they like go a step too far and then he's like, all right. Yeah. You're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the whole kind of... That's kind of why I reckon that, like, you know, John Wick sort of reinvented action movies because aside from the action set pieces being amazing themselves and every bullet being counted for, is it just kind of... Did have that mythos. It was like, even though it's so over the top of who he is, yeah. maybe it's because the bad guy is explaining him, but it just didn't seem like... I don't know. It just seemed a lot more out of... Like, like a new it, age or like classy or something. Like, it you know, hits it's a weird... Um, a weird balance of feeling like grounded and gritty, but also like kind of fantastical and like yeah, it, it kind of it it it, play, it toes that line really yeah. well where it's just it's it's over the top, but it's not so over the top that it's like in your face. But it definitely is like affecting action a lot because I watched a movie during the week called The Old Guard. Have mm. you seen that? No, not yet. I keep meaning to. It's based on a graphic novel. Oh yeah, yeah. It's really fun. I thought it was great crack. It's basically um, John Wick vampires. they're not vampires they're just uh, immortals aren't they yeah but it's got like it it does it really well where you get to that in the first 15 minutes it's like first like 10 minutes you're watching a standard action movie and then like something just flips and then it's like (laughs) and I was like okay I'm in yeah and because I think like the benefit of doing that too it's like because it gets to like the point of it really quickly it's able to get into a lot of like lore and stuff during the rest of the movie, so you get a load of backstory. Mm. Where if they if they kept that to like maybe the midpoint, then they probably wouldn't have had time then. To like but it's like yeah, them. there's like yeah. you get all this information, so you're kind of like constantly just like oh, I'm I'm fucking I'm in I'm in yeah. for the ride. Like that was my that was my experience anyway. I was like. It's like it was great crack. Yeah, keep me in watch it. I read a review about it and it seemed very good because like yeah. I was also like, hmm, must look. I can't remember who wrote the who wrote the graphic novel now because I know it's a big name. Hold on, I'll find that out. And then you can just edit in like a do 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 or something like. That. <laughs> Check. Mm. Oh, Greg Rocky, yeah, he's very very famous, like big comic. Artist, what else like. would he have done? Well, like, uh, I would have done a lot. That's a comic. 
writer. He would have done, I think he did Powers, and he also would have done an awful lot of Spider-Man. Okay. I think, let me see, I think it was Powers. Because I'm fairly certain he did. It would have Wonder Woman, a lot of Batman, Spider-Man as well. But I feel like... If he didn't do Powers, who the fuck did Powers? <laughs> There's definitely something I'm missing. He's very, very, they did very, very big. Uh, well, get back to the that uh, my Thursday, my oh, Thursday sorry. low. <laughs> you're here. You're depressing Thursday. What I ended up doing that night, I was like just getting frustrated, and I was like, I'm just gonna put on a movie and get into bed, mm. and then I felt all right after that. Yeah. <laughs> but I put on the movie uh, Election. Have you seen that? Election. It's got uh, Matthew Broderick and Reese Witherspoon. It like popped up in my. I actually watched it before, and I forgot until I started watching it. I was like, I was like, oh, I did watch this already, mm. but I still w- watched it anyway because it's, it's a good movie. It's like nineties movie. Um, it popped up in my like YouTube, and I I didn't watch the video, but I must find that again. But it was like I just remember seeing the thumbnail. It's like why the election script is one of the best ever, or something like that, mm. or the screenplay or whatever. And I was like, oh. So that's why it was in my head. But then with, uh, when I was watching it, as like a name came up. It was like based on the book by Tom Perotta. Hmm. And I was like, I know that name. That's the guy that wrote the book that The Leftovers is based on. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'd also just finished that yeah. day. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. So yeah, I finished The Leftovers too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good yeah. show. Let's give it a watch. I feel like I'm pretty sure I watched. It. I think I watched some of it. Yeah. I think I watched the first season for some reason, but ages ago. So I can't. You know. You know. Sometimes I like when that happens. You go back and watch something really good, but you can't remember anything that happened. You just know you enjoyed it. Yeah. So you're like, hmm. There's a guy, um, YouTuber, I, I like uh, called Ideas at Play. Mm. He does like video essays, but the difference with him, it's like it's all based on TV. So where most people do like movies or whatever, he just like it's all all TV, all TV. shows. He's been he's doing a series at the minute on a cop copaganda, mm. which is like um the just the portrayal of cops and like TV shows and how that affects your um sort of the general view or consensus yeah. of them. Yeah. So he did like he did an old show, the first episode. I can't remember what it's called now. He did like two that and and then like the last episode that just came out was um he did Blue Bloods. Oh yeah, that one's really yeah. It's really interesting because they bring up a lot of like they bring up a lot of issues but they don't properly address them yeah so they'll bring up things like police brutality but then they just brush over and oversimplify them mm. so it's like has this illusion of being of relevant or something yeah I did but it's like very fucking conservative even the family it's but a family of cops and they're called the reagans <laughs> yeah like, yeah but it's like he's saying there's like all these kind of parallels it's like oh you, you like messed with a reagan it's like and all this here and it's like yeah, well, that's like the same as fucking. It's like the, the family is almost like a metaphor for the whole entire cops, whether intentionally or not. Mm. But uh, he mentioned in one of his videos that he he'd been watching the leftovers again during lockdown. So I'm hoping he does a video on that soon because I'd love to see like a in-depth analysis. Because mm. really enjoyed it. That's that's kind of funny you're saying about like that like such a serious show couldn't really do those issues right. And there's a. Did you ever see that episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine? Oh, mm. that like that's the next that's the next show he's going to do I think in the next episode is Brooklyn Nine Nine because like I quite like Brooklyn Nine Nine but there's that one episode where like uh, oh. Terry Crews is like on his street or something and he's like just in plain clothes and he gets stopped by a white cop and he's like no I'm a cop and he's like 
I know you're not like and he fucking gets arrested like and then but what I liked about it because I was kind of like it was kind of more serious in the show but what I liked was then because he goes to his commanding officer who's uh, black and gay and he's like no 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 don't do that and it's like what and it's like don't do that because if you say something then you're going to you're not going to advance in your career he's like you're not going to get a promotion okay, if you yeah. you know what I mean and I kind of thought that was very interesting blue wall of silence yeah like kind of thing yeah. and it's like of course like and then the guy the guy, but then he meets the guy and he's like, the guy apologizes for uh, doing it. He's like, sorry, if I hadn't known you were a cop. And he's like, but you shouldn't have been stopping a black guy anyway. You yeah. just stopped me because I was black. And it's like, no, no, but you know, like, come on, man, you know, like, you know, the kind of thing. And you're sort yeah. of like, this is, you know, it could have probably been done better, but it's like still pretty decent attempt yeah. for a show like that. You wouldn't have expected them to even bother trying to touch I that. think, yeah, they're probably realizing that, like, because it's a cop show, it has, it has that cultural, um, resonance or whatever even if they intend it to or not hmm. like if you're portraying cops being these fun guys it's like and then you've got fucking police brutality and straight like that it's kind of like mm. hmm. <laughs> you kind of have to do something yeah you have to at least be self-aware enough so yeah. like like you know like because like obviously it's for someone like for us watching like we're like yeah, this is just a funny show with, yeah like, the guys on a lonely island and territories and all but like if you're a kid or something or younger could probably affect or you might think it's okay like yeah uh, like I mentioned that Tom Selleck, um, when he likes walks down the street, sometimes police officers salute him and stuff because <laughs> they're like, it's like, so that, but that's important to to realize. It's like there's cops that watch Blue Bloods, this highly conservative celebration of cops, yeah, and they're like, fuck yeah, yeah, that's me here representing. I'm the best yeah it's um, like ev- everyone i should be getting saluted walking down the street yeah here. so it's like and he's saying like people that watch it are like older conservative people so it's like it's having it's gonna have this effect like if if you're a 60 year old conservative man and you watch blue buds and that's your idea of the cops and then you see like black lives matter or something you're gonna be like how are they disrespecting? what's going on how they yeah you're gonna you're not gonna understand or whatever like and even there's a way that there's this uh one of the examples he 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 said was like there's a part where one of the cops threatens to throw this black guy out a window, and then the black guy decides to jump out the window to like frame the cop. Hmm. But the point is, so it turns out that they realize that the guy was trying to frame the cop. But the point is, if the cop did do what he threatened to do, and then they didn't trust the black guy, do you it, know what I mean? It still would have been the same thing. They probably yeah. still would have just said oh no so he's trying to it's frame like us in the, in the frame of the show it's good that they didn't trust the black guy because he was lying yeah but the policeman threatened to do just that yeah so if he did do just that and the gra- black guy jumped out the window and then they didn't trust the black guy he wouldn't have anywhere to problem. go yeah exactly he wouldn't have been able to do anything so it's like yeah the whole thing it's is like, like in the context it's like oh that's fine because he's a lying black guy but it's like the fucking psychological what that's saying, yeah. <laughs> what's like getting getting across? Yeah, it's fucking, it's good, really cool that he's doing this. I seen, I seen. There's some like clothing brand in America. I think he's getting flack. I thought this is a bit weird because they started releasing like you know, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, and then another T-shirt, Irish Lives Matter, and I was like, what is that in reference to? Like, I like even though I, even though I don't agree with the All Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter, like you know, that's in re- response to the whole Black Lives Matter thing. Yeah. It's like. Where does that one come from? Like, what the hell is that? I don't know, like, conservative Irish-Americans feeling prejudiced against <laughs> or something. All right, because most Irish-Americans are supposed to be quite conservative. Yeah. Mm. I find that they're, they, they're all, they, like, the... So many, like, fucking white American politicians are 
are from Irish descent, yeah, like Republicans. And that they don't realize what I find always find funny is that like Bernie Sanders, which was their most left wing candidate, is it seems our Fianna Fáil, or f- I think which is our most conservative government. Bernie Sanders like leanings are most like Fianna Fáil's to us politically. Right. That's actually they're like pretty much the same, but that's their yeah. left government, and then they're our right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's the center gets skewed. Yeah. That's what ha- that's like one of the problems with like f- with like alt right and stuff. It's like whenever the right goes so far right, the center becomes more right. Mm. If you know what I mean. Yeah, it's like center but right leaning or like kind of instead. If like if, I don't know what you mean. If it was like along the line, say of ten, they're like maybe a seven. Or if the alt right's the ten. Yes. Yeah. So it's like if it's a scale of one to ten, then five would be the middle. But then if alt right is means that scale goes up to fifteen, then your middle is more like seven. Yeah, seven. So it's like pushing the middle to the right. If that makes sense for listeners. Yeah. <laughs> We're sitting there using our hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of forget, you know. You can't it's see like this. It's really hard to get across. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that made sense. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any other points I want to make. Hmm. Oh, well, the next day then, yesterday, I fixed my... My slight <laughs> problem with the spell check in a, a couple of minutes. Yeah. While I was watching a video, like it, d- it was so easy to do. I was doing it while I was doing something else. Yeah. But then I wrote, uh, had all wrote uh, typed out all the stuff from that story I had, which and there's some, there's actually some good stuff in there. <laughs> but the thing that was in my head, and to bring it back to the other thing I was talking about, of um, which now I've forgotten. <sighs> what was I talking about? Oh yeah, the hero, that fra- that phase in your life. Hmm. So it was like, I started writing it like two years ago, but it was like reminiscing on a time when I was in Derry. So that was like, geez, I don't know, three, three or four years before that maybe. Yeah. Um, But why was it in my head recently? Because I think I started to understand what the point of it was because I just started writing it. I think it, it's actually how I started journaling because mm. I just started writing that of like my past and it was like kind of like a confessional thing, but also having the f- fun of just writing like a story yeah and then i just started like doing it every day for my current life as a journal and that's when i started journaling yeah that's um nice yeah. that's how you got it got you into it if you yeah it was like it's like oh this is actually like a kind of cathartic so i just started doing it all the time um and that was like kind of my first attempt at doing any writing which i've kind of kept up a little bit here and there that's good um but yeah, the reason it was in my head recently again, I think, is because I started understanding what the point of the story was. And I think it's like, because in my head, I was thinking, it's like, oh, it all happens like when I'm basically like moving out of the flat and I'm like looking back. And I think it's wanted to have this kind of meta thing where it's like, I'm looking back at this time I spent and it, at the time, it was meaningless, but when I look back, I apply meaning to it, yeah. which is also what I'm doing by writing it as well. I'm applying meaning to this meaningless thing, and it's like that idea of, uh, there's a great quote, it's like, life must be lived forward, but understood backwards. Hmm. And I think it's like, that's... So it's like, what it, I think what put in my head was what we were talking about, like, the when you're writing or whatever, you p- apply meaning or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, and that's why it was in my head again, because I was like, I, I'm starting to understand. It's like, oh, that's the point. That's the reason. Mm. So I could just, like, r- you can just write a little shite, but if there's no... <laughs> yeah, like, a, you yeah, need the... You need to have, like... W- you a have point you're getting across, or it's just going to be unsatisfying to 
Yeah, like, and even if the point is almost to have no meaning, but then you have to some, which would be very difficult, but you'd have to display that in like a certain way. But then you could use that there as a context if you wanted to be kind of like a depressing worldview to be like yeah. everything's meaningless. You but that's still a but point. But you're still conveying the like the point of meaninglessness. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's still a reason behind it. Like you can't just write meaningless things. You have to, even, but you can write about meaninglessness. Yeah. If that makes sense. Right. I'll, I'm using my hands again now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, writing like writing's definitely uh, it's a good exp- it's a like I don't know I really enjoy it. Mm. I think it's something that's kind of lost. Like I think like back in the day, people used to journal an awful lot more. Mm. I think for I think for modern day, one thing I'll say about with Irish cultures because none of us go to like say. Uh, mastering anymore is you would have stayed and been silent a lot more at least like yeah. once a week and you would have like you know sat and people would have prayed a lot yeah. more I think that's the you know journaling's almost like a version of that in a way or it's still kind of like an inner you're still kind of you talking to yourself your inner yeah. thoughts and that's not really done as much anymore I think it's kind of I think lost. like the difference I think you can also with like social media you can oh you can publicly do it kind of a bit yeah, yeah. kind of like and it's like a it's more gratifying to be, you, you know, like you could write in your journal. It's like, oh, today I went to the beach. Mm. Or you could take little pictures and put on Instagram of you going to the beach. Be like, best day ever. Yeah. yeah and all that shit. Like, fucking a couple of peach emojis or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. But like, whenever you're putting it, there's something different about putting something on display and something that's personally for yourself. Like yeah. Something that's, that's entirely yours then that you have. It's your own thoughts and it can be anything. Like I think we've all seen. I mean, you're not supposed to make generous, but we've all probably seen somebody who like shares too much on Facebook. Yeah, and it just looks attention yeah, seeking. There's a friend of mine and seen yesterday putting a post just giving out about just that. No, we're like you know to share fucking everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, keep some for your counselor. Like she must, she must have just been like driven mad. <laughs> just, like, that too one, much. Like, yeah, it's like one bad day or something. <laughs> she was, I think she said it then. It's like if you're offended by this post, then it's for you. <laughs> it's like. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so I proceeded to tell her about my day in the comment section. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna be like, "Can you please uh, attach a selfie to this so I can be sure that you wrote it?" It's <laughs> 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 like a selfie. Are you typing it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do you want to make tracks? Yeah, I suppose I better should. Before Kelly gets. No, I didn't rings me again. <laughs> well, we got like another 50 minutes on there, so that's good. Worthless, and I regard we're 
all exactly the same It doesn't mean that we should all just care less Need each other in a world that's this insane